Welcome to episode 19 of the Welding Codex. I'm going to start by apologizing. We haven't put out much material lately. I don't know what our deal was. COVID or something. We'll blame that. Um, this is the Welding Codex. We talk about welding codes, heat treatment, welding defects, metallurgy, and a lot of the subjects that you in the welding industry might have come across but really didn't have time to get into too deeply. Or maybe you didn't have enough cash to fork over and take a week off and go to a seminar. So anyways, we've got Peter Kinney back in the hot seat today with us. And he's got a lot of good information on tubular structures, TK and Y type joints. This is going to probably take us two or three episodes to get through. It's a pretty good um, chunk of material. So in this episode, um, Gary Pace and Peter Kinney will cover Clause 9 of AWS D1.1 Structural Steel Welding Code. It's Clause 9 in 2015. It's Clause 10 in 2020. Um, Peter Kinney's going to be updating us on the changes between 2015 and the 2020 version of the codes. Anyhow, thanks for joining us. Before we get going, as always, time for the advertisements. If you're on a budget and are looking for an online CWI training course, check out train-eng.com. The Part A online course is $149. The Part B is $129. Train ANG also has the CWI course split out, so if you only have a few areas that you'd like to brush up on before the CWI exam, check out one of the buffet-style options. Train-eng.com has an online course that covers modules 6, 8, 9, and 10. This covers uh, module 6, metal properties and destructive testing. Module 8 is welding metallurgy. Module 9 is welding base metal discontinuities. And module 10 is visual inspection and NDE methods. Those four modules, $75. You don't have to take the whole course. You can just pick them up that way. Um, the CWI, CWE, Part A question bonanza is 40 bucks. So if you just want to take a bunch of test questions, we got it split out. So there's a few hundred questions that you can take for 40 bucks. And uh, on a last note, if you'd like, if you like what we're doing here, and you feel free to make a PayPal donation on my website, TexasWeldingEngineering.com. Also check out my YouTube channel. I got some good rants on there about different material. I've been doing that for about five years. Um, check out the material posted on YouTube platform. Just Google my name, Gary Pace, and type in welding on the YouTube, and it should come up. All right, let's get into it. Thanks again for joining us. Welcome to episode 19 of the Welding Codex. We've been out for a while. I don't even, don't even know if we've had a good excuse, summer vacation, whatever. Anyways, you're here with Peter Kinney and Gary Pace, professional engineers and CWIs. We're talking about AWS D1.1 structural welding code. You might want to give the uh, preamble that says the views and opinions expressed in this podcast are uh, mine and mine alone, and not that of uh, anyone else's or any other group, uh, such as like AWS, uh, that that I may be associated with on different um, code committees. Um, so, all right, these are Pete's opinions and Pete's opinions alone. They're not anything associated with AWS committee, American Welding Society, D11, any of that. Me, I'm not on any committee, so doesn't matter. They're just my opinions, anyways. Uh, okay, so. We're going to get into Clause 9 in 2015, and it's Clause 10 in 2020. 
And from what I gather, it's been a complete rewrite. So um, we're going to dive in and then I'm going to send it off to Pete for a while. We're going to hash through some stuff, but we're not going to really do a huge deep dive into the design of tubular connections. In 2015, there's like eight pages of design calculations. I don't have enough experience in it. I'm not a structural engineer, not my game. I'm not going to advise people on how to do it. There might be a couple of uh, paragraphs in there that we comment, that I personally comment on. But other than that, if you're a structural engineer and looking for guidance, we're not the guys to do it. So anyways, we've got 9.1, which is general. This clause supplements clauses one through eight. Okay, so before I get started, I'm going to backtrack and digress. This is kind of its own little mini code because tubular structures, they used to be built into the rest of the code. And then I guess Pete said back in the 70s, they were kind of their own section, but now they're back to being their own little mini code because it was just so confusing with, you know, okay, we do it this way, this way, this way, every other um, type of connection. But then when we go to tubular structures, the game changes. So they just spun it all out. They just culled it all out and put it in its own zone. So this is kind of like a little mini code. Okay, so back to 9.1 general. The specific requirements of clause nine apply only to tubular connections. For design purposes, this clause shall be used with the applicable requirements of clause two, part A. All provisions of clause nine applicable to static applications and cyclical applications with the exception of the fatigue provisions of 9.2.7, which are unique to cyclical applications. This clause is divided into parts as follows. Part A, design of tubular connections. Part B, pre-qualification of welding procedure specifications, WPSs. Welding procedure specification qualification is part C. Part D is performance qualification. Part E is fabrication. Part F is inspection. Okay, Pete, part A, design of tubular connections. Your turn. Run with this thing. All right. So uh, the as Gary was saying, there, there's, there's been uh, quite a bit of changes between uh, 2015 and 2020. And one thing that's uh, kind of thrown out there here in the uh, now 10.1 is the scope. And when we say tubular members, uh, here they, they give a a handful of uh, things that are that it includes, like her, circular uh, hollow structural sections (HSS), angular sections, square sections, pipe, fabricated members from round from excuse me from flat plates or shapes joined together with uh, CJP long longitudinal seams acting as cord members. Th those are all new th or things that have been rehashed. They're not new. They were always in there somehow, but now they're they're explicitly right up front. So uh, the design of tubular connections, one thing that's uh, it's really driving you toward some uh, AISC uh, documents. One of them is uh, AISC 360, which is the specification for structural steel buildings with additional guidance from the AISC Steel Construction Manual and the AISC Design Guide number 24, which is hollow structural section connections. And you're allowed to use either uh, allowable strength design or load and resistance factor design. So there's they, they've pushed a lot of this to a, uh, the AISC uh, on the design side. Uh, what they do retain is 
where it talks about some of the unique requirements that you need to do more on the fabrication side. Uh, and the one I want to really look at is uh, fatigue behavior uh, improvement. And this is this is for welds that are cyclically loaded. Uh, think of like if you had a classical one is uh, you're using tubulars for a bridge design or an offshore platform. And so this is now, I'm not sure where it is in 2015, but in this one, it's 10, 2, 3, 6. It walks us through a handful of ways that we can improve, uh, improve the uh, fatigue behavior. The first one is where this is on, uh, they call it a capping layer, or the, basically the outside surface, is where you basically have a really smooth transition. And there's some figures, uh, figure 10, 11, and I'm not sure what it is in 2015, uh, but you're, make, you're trying to make it look like, look like that figure there without any notches or really small notches, which they can't be any deeper than 0.04 inches or a millimeter. So to have a concept of what uh, 40 thousandths inches is, it's a little more than a 30 second, but it's, uh, I measured my fingernails and my fingernails are 25 thousandths. So it's less, it's a little bit more than a thickness of the fingernail, but it's not uh, a lot bigger. Or if you have like an 05 millimeter pencil lead or 070 pencil lead mechanical pencil. I mean, it's a little bit bigger than that. So we're still talking about small things. And you have to have it where you have a diameter. And if you look at that figure, it'll make sense. It's hard to explain verbally. But what you're looking looking at mainly is having a smooth, not only just smooth paper like a smooth, but also where the curvature is also of a certain size. Uh, you can also ground it flush, uh, also shown in uh, figure 1011. And you got to watch your grinding marks on that one on the direction that they go in. And the third one is peening with a blunt instrument. This is, I'll be honest, much harder to do. There, There is some... Um, newer methods uh, with ultrasonic peening that can be done for this. But this is what they're really talking about is uh, smashing it with basically the end of a ball peen hammer. It is tough to quantify. It is tough to inspect. I would not really look at doing the third one. Um, we're going to go on 10-3, which is identification of uh, and parts of tubular connections. It's basically saying these need to be identified as in figure 10-1. Symbols is telling you to annex I. Then we have some more well design that we're really not going to go uh, too much through. And then we're going to hit a thickness transition. And this one right here, uh, this is for tension butt welds and cyclically loaded, actually aligned primary members of different thicknesses. So look at it as if you have a 10-inch pipe that's an inch thick tying into something that's a 10 inch with a half inch wall um, and it tells you how to do the sloping uh, between these and or I mean another one could be of a smaller diameter somehow tying into that uh, thicker transition and this is all displayed in figure 10-4. Moving to 10-7 material limitations. So material limitations for tubular TY and K connection. So uh, what a TYK connection is just for so folks know what it is. It's Basically, um, as the letters sound, we have two uh, intersecting tubulars that will look like the letter T, or you have three coming together that look like the letter Y, or three coming in together that look like the letter K. The K uh, normally has it where uh, instead of uh, a classical K where off the 
upper arm, the lower arm, I guess, ties into it. Well, they're more tying into the one to the I. If you break a K out in the letter I and just add on two legs or an arm and a leg. You think, Gary, that makes sense? Or do we need to somehow describe that a little different? It's a little hard to do without a picture. No, I think that's pretty good. I mean, I don't have a, I don't have anything that's much better than that one. To, it's kind of, kind of tough to play who's on first, what's on second, as we're trying to describe it. Exactly. Um, so on in here, we really need to look at. I mean, when we're specifying out the materials because we're we're loading it a lot differently. And we're also doing a lot of local uh, stress concentration. So you need to make sure that you understand the material you're using and make sure that you understand that, I mean, there's base metal toughness requirements that may be a little more unique on than you, what you're used to dealing with. Uh, you have your temperature requirements, your last. And uh, last, just so I'm not sure if we ever covered this before, but that's lowest anticipated service temperature. As when, when Gary's making his, uh, I think it's, uh, what, what's your, what's your, um, example there alberta things heading up to northern alberta on the other side of edmonton in the middle exactly. of we, we talk, there's there's stuff to know about in there and that that would be uh it's a much thing easier to read than it is for us to, to discuss that one all right now we're on the part b we're, we're out of the design and now we're in the pre-qualification of welding procedures. This is going to be somewhat similar to what we've previously talked about. I think that was in clause three, if I remember correct, correctly. Yep. So uh, the first one is, uh, and, and now uh, there, there's a lot less changes between the 2015 and the 2020. Now it's mainly, hey, these are now 10-8 probably instead of 9-8 before. Yep. So um, on this, we can have pre-qualified fillets as long as we meet certain requirements. One is our welding process, SMAW, GMAW, or flux core. And it then drives us also to look at the details in figure 10.5. So as long as you're making stuff that looks like to figure that falls within the requirements of figure 10.5, we can look at making these pre-qualified. Now, if we look at, at figure 10.5, you have the first picture in the upper left-hand side is, is kind of what you need to – it's shown kind of as a, uh, as, as a bent-over T, but it is applicable to uh, all T, Y, and Ks. You have your heel zone, which would be if you were looking – if you look, let's say if this was a Pac-Man, that would be like inside Pac-Man's mouth. The toe zone, which would be behind Pac-Man, and the side would be the side of them. So those are our, our three si three items that we need to know about. We're always going to have two side zones, and we're going to have one toe and one heel zone per welded connection. And then from that, it has different breakdowns on what the heel requirements look like, the toe requirements, the sides. And we have two different sides. So we have, remember this also, tubulars here can also be boxes. Uh, I mean, you could have a 10 by 10 square tubing. Well, part of that's a flat plate. Uh, the other part, the, the, the corners maybe a little, are, are quite a bit different, but it's still under tubular. So you have a side for a circular and a side for a box. And then we have, uh, on here, we have a, a, a lot of terms uh, that are going to be common between them. And you really need to understand your angles on what is 
pre-qualified. If we go in our little table down there, we have heel sides. You have three different sides, and then you have a toe. So as long as you fit within these brackets, so a heel greater than 60, sides anywhere from 100 to 120, and a toe that's less than 120, we can really start looking at these as pre-qualified. You don't have to qualify them. And you have minimum uh, weld sizes. They call this L. And this changes uh, between the different requirements. We have three columns. E is 0.7 T, E is T, and E is 1.7 T. And T is where here's a little confusing. I know we've talked about some other ones where we have the little T and big T. Um, luckily, there's a. it tells us what all of them are is T. Little T is the thickness of the thinner part. L is the minimum size of the weld. So this is, and I said, it, it's hard to do verbally how to describe this table, these these figures here, but this this is the basis of T, of starting in TYKs. And so this we're going to jump. Oh, go ahead, Gary. Oh, I was going to say, this is figure 910 in 2015. If you're bouncing back and forth or you're going to work off the 2015 version. All right. And we also have some limitations in 10.522. And what this is basically, so we got to jump back into the design area a little bit. And we have a beta limitation for pre-qualified details. So here it basically kind of tells us to go back to figure 10.5. And you're limited. Beta is equal to or greater than one-third of the circular tubular connections with circular cords or equal to or greater than 0.8 for tubular connections with rectangular cords. And these de these details are subject limitations in 1081. All right, so you're going to need to be like have like about six fingers when you start doing these TYKs so where you can put your fingers in the different parts of the code book so you can be jumping back and forth to figure out if you're pre-qualified or not. What I found when I've written uh, these procedures is I would actually sketch out what the drawing is, get all my measurements off of it, and then start plugging in these requirements to help figure out if I'm pre-qualified or not. Uh, this, uh, this beta value that it's talking about is, is where the one tube is coming in and intersecting with the, uh, with the second tube. All right, so also, now this is, while this isn't pre-qualified, in the same section, it talks about using these for short arc, uh, GMAW short arc. So you can use those, uh, these details with, uh, as long as you qualify it though. Now lap joints, those are fig shown in figure 10-3. So like I said, as we use one of our 11 fingers, this, the easiest way to look at how we're going to do a lap joint on a tubular, like normally, I mean, if you have a plate overlapping another plate and they're kind of uh, laying flat on each other, same way with a tubular. You have, let's look at it as more like you have a telescoping tube. You got a two-inch pipe that's going inside, let's say, a two-and-a-half-inch pipe, and you can weld basically the outer portion of the, of the smaller pipe to the larger pipe or same thing with like a square tube or rectangular tube. It's one inside the other welded around. What it does show is, that is a little different, is it shows us how far that tube needs to go inside the other one. And it has uh, five times T minimum and not less than one inch. 
All right. So Gary, if if we're if our uh, requirement here is five times T1 minimum and not less than an inch, if we have an eighth inch wall, how far do I have to put that in there? It's got to go in a minimum of an inch because five times one eighth of an inch would be five eighths. But on figure nine three in 2015 version for fillet weld lap joint tubular, it says not less than an inch. So we got to go in not less than an inch. Sounds good to me. Uh, one way a good quality check on that would be is uh, when you measure these off, scribe a line or something. So you can see how far it went in to make sure you put it in there far enough. Kind of like when you're doing socket welds, making sure you got enough that you've pulled it back enough. That's kind of how I would approach those or maybe a punch or something. Right. And then if, if we changed our wall thickness to, let's say the wall thickness is a quarter of an inch, we take that T or T1 and it's got to be five times T1, which would be five quarters, which would be an inch and a quarter. So you'd have to go in a minimum of an inch and a quarter on that one, on the thicker walled material. So. Correct. Yeah, and remember on this on this one, it's uh, this figure is T1 is the thickness of the thinner tubular. So if one of them is an inch thick and the other one's a quarter, you only have to go by the, uh, the thinner one. So unless the drawing has something different. All right, so that was fillet weld requirements. Uh, and... For unless unless you're really doing some heavier stuff, uh, fillet welds are probably the most common uh, things on 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 for tubulars. Uh, unless you're dealing with stuff that's really either really heavy or uh, fatigue related, then you're going to be moving into something else. So our next one is our partial joint uh, penetration requirements. This is uh, 10 9. Uh, it's probably uh, in, the, in the previous in the 2015. It was probably 9 9. Um, so we can uh, we can use PJP tubular groove welds other than TYK connections, maybe used without performing WPS qualifications, as long as you meet the limitations as described in figure one. So here we're using another one of our 12 fingers to look at does figure five one. So now we're jumping all the way back where where we normally played in uh, for all of our plate details and whatnot. So uh, we're we're going back quite a ways. And this figure five one is all of our common joint details as before. As long as we can play within this world, we're okay. And this would be the three one 2015. Um, thanks for bringing that up. I forgot about that. So that's the first one it talks about. Then in number two, under uh, 1091, it says PJP TYK tubular connections welded only with SMAW, GMAW, or FlexCore process without qualification tests as long as you meet the requirements in figure 10.6. And you can also use these with uh, short arc GMAW as long as you qualify. So now we use one of our nine fingers that we have left to go and find our figure 10.6. And then you compare what you got going on in 10.6, which actually takes a couple pages. It is it is three pages of, of figures. So the first one, just as we had before in our fillet weld example, we still have the same thing. We have the heel zone, side zone, but we're also adding in a transition zone. 
uh, and that is between uh, the heel, the heel and the side. Or if you have a tubular, or excuse me, a box type or a rectangular uh, type thing, it'll they'll call it uh, a corner transition instead. You'll have those on both sides. The first page is just mainly about marking out where those areas are. The second one is where we start to go through and match up where the transitions are, what you have to start doing to lay these out. Uh, I will say when you get into these, your layout time can be a lot, especially if you are mounting pipes, getting closer. The the, the closer they, be, they become to the same size pipe, the more uh, layout time increases. Because if you look, if you have a small, let's say, uh, two-inch pipe tying into a 14-inch pipe, well, the bigger it is, the other pipe, uh, the more and more it starts to become like flat plate. So when you start to become more of the same, uh, you'll, you'll start to have a lot more, uh, you could do a lot more grinding, cutting uh, ahead of time. So on these, you'll walk through and lay out on your, on your pipe how all these changes occur uh, you'll probably be laying out on both because you have to find uh, locations on both of them to make sure that you have uh, a correct working point on them. And I'll have a story about this when we really get into the inspection portion. But also another term comes in here, uh, Z. Uh, Z starts to become an area where you really kind of have like a bad weld area. It's uh, really hard to weld up, and it's not included in the uh, design area. It's kind of uh, a starting point, per se. Oh, I was just going to say, this is figure 910 in 2015. So, like I said, on, on these details, uh, it's really hard to verbally walk uh, someone through these without looking at these pictures. But if you're going to do one of these, study these pictures. I've actually made little paper mock-up sometimes uh this is where fitters a good fitter uh, a good blue buck fitter is really worth their money is being able to lay lay these out without a problem so we have a uh, matchbox connections which is 10911 and this walks us through uh more on these figures in uh 106 which we already talked about. Now we have 1010 uh, CJP groove welds. I'm not sure, Gary, where that one is in the 2015, because I think both numbers have changed. So uh, here we're talking about 1010 CJP groove weld requirements. So there are pre-qualified uh, CJP grooves in the Clause 10 in the 2020, but you have to make sure you, you come up with uh, these, you meet these requirements. When you can weld from both sides, or one side with backing, uh, any WPS and groove well details that, that's appropriately pre-qualified in conformance with Clause 5 may be used, except that Submerge Arc is only pre-qualified for di diameters greater than or equal to 24 inches. So we can use SMAW, GMAW, flux core, but Subarc we can only use for equal to or greater than 24 inches. I believe the reason they put that in there is because that 24 inches, is, it's a lot easier to weld. You can, I mean, that's basically almost like a flat plate at that point, but especially in, with Subarc, you have to roll it out. So I believe that's the thought process. Uh, you could definitely weld smaller than, I mean, the smallest I've ever done with Subarc is like four inches. And granted, I was using like a 1 16th wire uh, and had a really good operator, but 
If you wanted to do that in D11, you'd have to qualify. So, or if you go for also, we can weld from both sides. So if you're, if you have a large enough tubular that you can put someone on the inside and weld it, or have some sort of uh, other way of welding it on the inside, you can pre-qualify. Or if you're using backing, uh, we can also, uh, if, if backing is allowed, that's one thing we gotta be careful of is where backing may not be allowed by the engineer for a tubular, you can have it where it's pre-qualified. So then we have a non, uh, there's, there's, there's no pre-qualified joint details made in butt joints made from one side without backing. So if you don't wanna use backing on these tubulars, it's not qualified at all, or you have to qualify. It's not pre-qualified. Now we go to 10-10-2, which is tubular TYK connections. So these, these applicable ranges, we have to look at. There's details A, B, C, and D, and they're described in, multi, in multiple figures, 10-7, 10-8, and the ranges of the local dihedral angle corresponding to these are described in table 10-6. So as I said, we need to have a lot of fingers to be able to jump around between all these. So we're looking at figure 10-6, figures 7 and 8 are going to be very similar. Uh, 7, 10-7 basically shows us where we have our corner, toe, heel uh, transitions. It also has where we have like matched up box sections. It, it shows how that gets welded up. 10-9 is pre-qualified joint details for CJP groove welds. TY and K connections, standard flat profiles for limited thick. All right, so this is something the engineer really needs to specify. Where we have uh, limited thicknesses, then we have intermediate thicknesses, and then we have figure 1011 is for concave improved profile for heavy sections or fatigue. Now, this all has to be especially when you're going to like improve profiles for, uh, or fatigue. All right. So as uh, we're in the 10, 10, two for this tubular T Y and K connections, and we're, we're being driven um, to the applicable ranges in, in details, a, B, C, and D, which are in our figures 10, seven and 10, eight. All right. So when we go to these figures, they're going to be very similar to what we saw before for our PJP, uh, groove welds, but they're going to be one of the biggest differences is we're going to have some new terms. One of them is for figure 10.9, which is standard flat profiles for limited thickness. And then we have an intermediate thickness, which is for 10.10. And then for 10.11, this is for CJP groove welds with concave improved profile for heavy sections or fatigues. So how do I know which one of these guys I'm going to be using? So where we get some direction to go to, there's a couple places we go. And the first one is we go to table 10.6 and in 10.4. And this is fatigue category limitations. So you have two levels here. We have a level one and a level two. And the standard weld profile for a level one, which is a higher quality level than, than level two, is three-eighths of an inch. Corresponding to level two, it's, it's five-eighths. And that would be for our standard weld profile. 
which was in figure 10.9. For a profile with our, our uh, figure 10.10, uh, for a level one quality, limiting branch member thickness is five-eighths of an inch. And what I mean by branch, I'm not sure I covered this very well before, the branch is the tubular coming off of usually the main run. So if we were looking at uh, usually like the letter the letter K, the I portion of the letter uh, uh, K is is the is the is the main pipe wall. You have the two arms or legs coming off of it are your branch connections. Uh, they can be smaller. They can also be the same size. But um, so here these are these are limiting thicknesses for the branch. And for a level two of that of that of for using Figure ten ten. Uh, that's an inch and a half would be the limiting member thickness. And then for our figure uh, 1011, uh, with this disc test applied, that's one inch. On level two, it's unlimited. And then we have our figure 1011 fully ground per clause 10, 2, 3, 6, 2, that is unlimited. So that's one that you're going to find on when you're dealing with really big, thick, heavy structures. You're going to be doing a lot of grinding, uh, you know, a lot of, let's say, more sanding with like flapper wheels. Uh, that's where that one is coming into play. Like I said, on, on once you get in these TYKs, you got to have about 12 fingers um, to, to be able to jump around. And you can also use these same details for GMAW short arc uh, as long as you qualify it. Uh, that's also allowed. And w if you're doing a lot of these or a lot of people will use GMAW for the root opening, uh, it's very commonly done. So a lot of times these all have to be qualified. But the short arc uh, process definitely helps in being able to put the uh, root bead uh, into these because you have uh, sometimes some tight openings. Okay, that's a convenient spot to wrap up this little section. We recorded all of this, and then I'm just chopping it up into bite-sized pieces. Otherwise, it's just a really long slog through this. So this one covered Part A, Design of Tubular Connections, Part B, Pre-Qualification of Welding Procedure Specifications, and Part C, Welding Procedure Specifications, WPS Qualifications. So we're going to take another run at that. Um, and we'll talk about performance, qualification, fabrication, and inspection in the next few episodes. I'd just like to say thanks for listening. Um, everybody stay safe. And if you get a chance, visit our sponsor, train-eng.com, or take a look at one of my YouTube uh, videos. And if you got any questions, don't be afraid to email me, gpaysex at gmail.com, and give us some ideas for some new episodes because we're coming to the end of AWS D1.1. So if you got some questions you need answered or whatever, throw us a email and we'll see what we can do. Anyways, take care. Thanks for listening. GP out.